new crew, NYC, in Brooklyn, still here. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Josine Anderson, host of The Crew. And today, we have a very special bonus for you. My exclusive interview with Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins in the building, y'all. Fresh off of that thrilling overtime victory over the Buffalo Bills, 33-30 to in Orchard Park, New York, no less. And of course, Morris Chestnut and Fred Smith will be back on the show tomorrow after both of their teams collide, the Commanders and the Eagles, and Monday Night Football. So we'll have all of that for you. Make sure you download tomorrow as well. But you know that you can get our pod by downloading the Odyssey app right there on your phone or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, if you want to watch our show on YouTube, you can go right to the URL and just type it in, thecrewnyc.com. That will take you right to our YouTube page and you can watch it there. Make sure you always download, listen, subscribe, and support the show but without any further delay let's get into the crew crib with vikings quarterback kurt cousins all right so we welcome in vikings quarterback kurt cousins into the crew crib kirk we appreciate having you after that big win in buffalo no less thank you for coming Absolutely. Great to be on. It was a big win. One of the crazier games I've ever played in, but um, grateful to be uh, coming home with a win and, and get to eight and one. And that's the thing almost, Kurt. I feel like there should be somewhat of like an African drumbeat just to keep the rhythm of what you all were building with that back and forth last night. I mean, when you just kind of reflect back to it, even 24 hours later, put all of that emotion into words if you can. Go. <laughs> Well, it was it was wild. There were so many plays in the game where I thought, you know, this might be it. That might have been the play that, that cost us the game. And then there were, you know, four or five plays where you thought you had won it and you hadn't yet. And there was still more to go. So um, that's this league. I mean, as crazy as that game was, it does feel like every week has been coming down to the wire to the final drive. And you have to just keep playing, whether you have the lead, whether you're trailing, because you never know where the breaks will go or the bounce will go or the calls will go as you come down the stretch. And um, that's probably the thing I've been most proud of with our team is just the way we've played down the stretch in crunch time, finding a way. And um, you know, hopefully we can keep that going. So obviously we've seen the, the footage on the jet, stuff on Instagram or what have you. Is there a moment that didn't make Instagram that you can kind of share, but that really kind of exemplifies where this team chemistry is right now. Yeah, I mean, any anytime you win, you know, your team <laughs> chemistry is gonna be good. I, I've been I've been around some teams where the team chemistry was really strong, but we weren't winning. And so mm. you didn't get to put it on display. And vice versa, where you say, hey, like there's some dysfunction here, but we're winning, and so it's covering for that. But in this case, it's a really good locker room with really good people, and we happen to be winning. And so that really creates this perfect effect of um, just having a lot of fun together you know, every day, uh, you know, whether it's in the training room, whether it's in the cafeteria, going out to practice, uh, flying to games, coming home from games. It's a group that enjoys being with one another and most importantly, loves, loves playing together. And I'd say the same of our coaching staff and support staff as well. It's just a lot of good people who are, who are really serving one another. And um, I do think that makes a meaningful difference when it comes down to uh, you know your final record. 
But is there just like even one example of that too? I mean, obviously we see how you guys are got the camaraderie, you're taking the cell phones and you're filming each other on the plane back or, or just even something that happens in the building this morning or what have you that for those of us who are not there in those intimate moments, you feel like really kind of better exemplify that, would you say? Well, the old line room has a lot of great traditions that they do, um, you know, in their room and they prefer that I don't talk about them, but whether it's, you know, their, their coffee runs or their donut runs or uh, decorating their room for the different holidays, whether it be Halloween for October, Thanksgiving for November and Christmas for December, um, they go all out to just have fun together. And, you know, they, they love meeting times just because it means they get to be together and crack jokes about each other. And, um, and so it, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, our offensive coordinator uh, tells a joke to the team every Friday um, and only after we win. And so we have to earn that joke. But uh, the last several weeks we've been winning. So we've been getting a lot of jokes. So that's something we always look forward to each week. So you have your, your weekly routines and rhythms and and, uh, you know, those those can turn pretty fun when you're winning. So hopefully those jokes are funny and you don't have to force <laughs> or anything like that well listen i mean speaking of just good times i remember when i was in minnesota uh and brian robeson and everson griffin gave me this big bear hug you know their armpits were in my hair all of this stuff obviously that was dubbed the minneapolis miracle after you guys beat the saints in the playoffs i'm just curious after that game last night is there a special nickname that you feel like is appropriate for the euphoria of last night. And I've got a couple just in case you struggle that, you know, I have that maybe you could vote on too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not much for coming up with nicknames. That's probably your line of work a little more than mine, but um, you know, I, I had heard a lot of people on the way home texting me or, or calling me to say, Hey, that was the game of the, the season. Uh, that's a memorable one. Have you ever played in one crazier than that? So um, people really seem to identify with it in all the twists and turns. Well, I just so you know, I had heaven at high mark. Nirvana near Niagara and game of the year. So I think, are you going with game of the year? You, you like that one? I mean, I hadn't heard Nirvana near Niagara. That's pretty good. I, I made that two, up. I don't know if you like it. If it sucks, you could tell me, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind it at all. The last time we played in uh, Buffalo was the preseason in 2019. And I wasn't going to play in the game. And it was a night uh -huh. game. So you kind of have, have all day in the hotel to just sit around. So rather than sit around, I got together here at Bradbury and Brian O'Neill and uh, Sean Mannion and we drove over to Niagara and went and saw Niagara Falls and then came back and did a little tourist <laughs> tourist trip uh, the, the the morning of the game. So uh, Nirvana near Niagara is um, is pretty good, but you know probably not Nirvana for the Bills as much as uh, as it was for us. You know when I was watching that back and forth last night and not so much about the X's and O's, but you know what really came to my mind, Kirk was the two franchise tags that you played under in Washington. And not just because you became the first quarterback to play under two uh, tags consecutively as a quarterback, but just, you know, going through not having that long-term deal, the risk of it, the year-to-year -year aspect of it, the impact on your family. And so if you could just take a moment, you know, to just kind of reflect back and share courageously what was one of the kind of darker times that you experienced in that moment in terms of having to go through just believing in yourself without that security and contrast when that wink from above or wink from within, you know, came to you that you knew that you were going to be okay. Yeah. I think the challenge for me in Washington and really in my pro career, when I look back on my journey 
uh, was really my third year um, when I got to play. Our, Robert Griffin uh, dislocated his ankle and was going to be out for several weeks. And so I went in as the backup went in and, and played for a stretch of five games, I think it was, and just made a lot of plays, but also made a lot of poor plays, you know, threw a lot of interceptions um, and just hadn't figured out how to play quarterback in this league quite yet. And that was a difficult time for me because I felt like that was a great opportunity coming my way. And I didn't really answer the bell and um, and wasn't ready, wasn't playing at the level that that I should be if I expect to, to be a player in this. League. And so that was probably the biggest challenge that I faced in this league was getting benched then after that and, and not playing the rest of that year and kind of having those questions of can I do it? Um, and then it was really the next year, 2015, when when so much turned. And um, and then from there, you know, once you do do it and have that success, you kind of play with that confidence and build on that and and just start to stack up the games and the years bit by bit. And now I'm, you know, in year 11, uh, looking back on it all. But I do think that that year three uh, challenge and failure really was uh, a defining moment for me looking back. And obviously you went on to get you know, that very lucrative uh, first fully guaranteed contract for a veteran player in the NFL and, and just kind of speaking along the same themes of vindication. What was it like then to see Patrick Peterson last night soaking up <laughs> the bling moment on the jet and everything in the context of everything that he also has gone through? I'm so happy for him. Um, you know, we're fortunate to have him on our team. Uh, it's difficult to find really good corners in this league. They're not, they're not, there's not an abundance of them. And so to have someone with his experience, his ability, um, and then just also his maturity, uh, I think he, he gives our defense and our team uh, a lot of confidence. And, uh, and so he's a, he's a key piece in the fact that we are eight and one. And, mm. and um, we're going to need him for the second half of the season and beyond. So um, uh, we're grateful we have him. Well, Pat Peterson was quoted by the Pioneer Press after its two interception performance last night saying, quote, it feels good. It's just too bad that my two picks came two weeks after the game versus Arizona. So from a player's mindset, why do you think it was done? I see you smiling there. Why do you think it was so important for him to express that? Well, you know, Arizona, a lot to him. He spent a long time there. I would think someday, you know, he'd likely be in their ring of honor and um, be one of the better players that ever played there. Um, you know, I, I think he, 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 you know, would have loved to be able to stay there, but it didn't work out. And so, um, you know, you make the most of it by coming to Minnesota. And, and then when you have the opportunity to play against your former team, I'm sure there's some emotion there. And and a desire to prove that, that you still got it. And, um, you know, he's certainly been that to me and to our team since the day he arrived, but uh, um, just a tremendous player. And, and like I said, we're, we're fortunate to have him. So your other teammate, linebacker Eric Kendricks, was also quoted as saying uh, this about Pat Peterson. He's been doing it for the longest time. He's one of the best players who ever was whoever did it in the NFL. I'm curious, beyond just donning the chains and stuff like that, should you all be considering maybe throwing a gold jacket on him on the sidelines, kind of a la Ocho Sink, or just even advocating already that Canton should be, you know, uh, bringing him in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the corners don't grow on trees. So when you get one uh, like Pat, you understand how rare it is. And then 
a lot of corners have success because the scheme protects them. And so they'll play in certain coverages that really don't ask a lot of the corner and many times puts them in advantageous positions to make plays because the pass rush is succeeding and they get to have their eyes on the quarterback and don't have to be too worried about covering somebody all the way across the field. But in Pat's case, and I you know, played him when he was in Arizona several times, he was often asked to play in man coverage all game long with traveling with the opponent's best receiver. And so they truly asked him to be that generational corner. And um, and he did it. I mean, it's one thing to be asked to do that. It's another thing to, to play in that type of um, you know, challenge and then still go to Pro Bowls and still be all fun. So, um, you know, he, he answered the call time and again. And, and uh, he's a great player. And um but he also has said that I don't know how I don't know if he's if he was eight and one in their year they went to the NFC Championship game in Arizona. But for a guy like that who's played 12 years in this league, I don't know that he's been eight and one before. And so even for a guy like that, you understand this run, this team is a very special moment, and let's do all we can to uh, to make the most of it and and not miss it. Is he Hall of Fame worthy? Yeah, in the words of uh, Coach Herman Boone for Remember the Titans, he's he's Hall of Fame in my book. <laughs> and uh, I, I'd say that about the guys in our team, too. Well, speaking of good performances, move on to Justin Jefferson. Obviously, just a, a tremendous game last night, a tremendous catch. How do you feel like Justin Jefferson's catch compares to OBJ? I don't remember the moment in the game that Odell's catch was. Um, uh-huh. I understand it was, it was a touchdown, so obviously that's important. But um, we lose the game if he doesn't catch that ball. So... Um, when you talk about the impact on the game, you know, everything was riding on it. And um, it was an unbelievable effort as so many people texted me post game, just saying that's probably the best catch they'd ever seen. Um, what's funny is when you're playing the game, when you throw it, you don't get to see everything. So you, you understand, hey, he made a great catch. We got to keep going. What's the next play? but you don't really have that chance to appreciate it and to really understand just how close it was to being incomplete or them intercepting it or um, just how difficult it was for Justin to reach back. So um, you can you can kind of appreciate it then when you get back home and can see the highlights. And then also when it comes to uh, Justin Jefferson, how would you describe how you guys were even able to build that chemistry? You know, when it comes to, you know, obviously you're getting the balls to him in tight spaces and things like that in terms of the things that you're doing off the field that got it to this point. Yeah, I think the time on task together has been has been really helpful um, going out three seasons. Every year we just keep improving, um, better understanding, um, you know, how he can help us and as a rookie, I mean, he took off right away, set the rookie record for yards in a season. So he's never really, you know, had a down stretch or a down year yet. And um, let's hope it never happens. He's just a tremendous player and defenses certainly do their best to, um, you know, take him away and make it hard on us to get him the football. Um, but he keeps finding ways. Our coaches keep coming up with ways. And uh, um, when you're making one hand catches like he was making yesterday, um, you know, you're certainly open even when you're covered. Well, before the season, Justin Jefferson did say, I'll say this after this year, I'll be the best uh, receiver in the NFL. Do you feel like he's uh, proven that point so far? I haven't studied all the receivers in the league. You know, playing Buffalo yesterday, Stefan Diggs had a really big game, um, which was interesting to see. 
you know, kind of the journey that that's been with Stefan being here, going there, and then with the trade, being able to draft Justin. So saw two really, really special receivers yesterday make some really special plays because uh, Stefan had a one-headed catch of his own earlier in the game. But, um, you know, again, kind of with a biased opinion, yes, I certainly think Justin's the uh, the best receiver in the league. And it might not be that biased. There might be a lot of people who agree with me. <laughs> Let's talk about Dalvin Cook. Obviously, he got his second 100-plus rushing game. Uh, yesterday, do you feel like Dalvin is getting the credit that he deserves in contribution to the eight and one record that you guys have rather? Well, he's a special player as well. And, um, his run in the, in the third quarter, I think was, was pivotal in us being able to, to come out with a win yesterday. I, I just don't think that we win that game without fun to be able to score that quickly, not chew up time and get right back in it. Um, and it was a, it was a run that a lot of running backs would get caught, you know, they wouldn't be able to take it the distance and he took it the distance. So, um, you know, as far as the credit, I, I think the credit will kind of week to week go where it goes, but, um, we've been winning as a team with different units contributing in different moments. And, uh, we're not eight and one without Dalvin's run yesterday and Dalvin's contributions all, all season. He's a tremendous player. Well, your head coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell, said yesterday that, you know, when it came to that fourth and 18 play, that it really wasn't about scheme, that it was just about getting the ball to the best player. That kind of really made me think just about the communication that you guys probably also have as quarterback and head coach. Can you just kind of describe the atmosphere that it's been like for you under Kevin compared to your earlier time in Minnesota? Yeah, there aren't a lot of plays for fourth and 18. So, uh, you know, he was telling me in the headset, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, but understand it's probably going to have to be a jump ball to Justin. Uh, make sure you, you know, put it out there for him and then tell him that he's got to he's got to go get it. No, no excuses, no matter what, he's got to go get it. And you're also aware because you're thinking of contingency plans, too, of, hey, if they tripled Justin, if they're, you know, collisioning him such that he can't get to his. Uh, landmark in time you know what are my other options of whether it's KJ or Adam or scrambling so you're kind of thinking through all these scenarios but um, the way it worked out he was able to kind of get one-on-one ish and then it's just yeah put it up that's probably the best play we have on fourth and 18 is a jump ball to Justin so um, that was big and and uh, you know I hate that we put Kevin in that spot to have to come up with a fourth and 18 answer because You'd love to be a little more productive on first, second, and third down. Did not have to ask him to do that, but um, he did a great job all game long. You know, no matter what happened, with third and long, fourth downs, um, goal line plays, backed up, whatever it may be, he did a great job kind of having a, a plan, having an answer for whatever that game was throwing at him. And the game threw a lot at us and a lot at him as a coach. So what would you say that you have learned from your times, you know, also just contrasting that with when you were with Mike Zimmer as well in terms of the good times and then also the challenging times in terms of what you take away from that? Yeah, I think that uh, I played some of my best football the last several years. I kind of had continuous improvement each year going back to my first year starting in Washington all the way through uh, last season just felt like every year was a little bit more improved and that's really what you want to feel as a player is that continuous improvement and so I owe a lot a lot to coach Zimmer um, for the environment you know he allowed me to play in and, and succeed in and um, 
Um, I got great memories, you know, of those years here in Minnesota. And, um, um, you know, it was unfortunate that we weren't able to, you know, last year win more to be able to, um, to keep that in place. But, um, uh, you know, this league is just a razor thin margin between, you know, the playoffs and, and everybody kind of sticking around and then feeling like, you know, you want to, the organization wants to, uh, to start over. So, um, you know, we're all aware of that. And so we all kind of have that sense of urgency as we play and work because you understand that, um, you know, they're kind of always looking for a replacement. And I'm just curious too, if there's anything that you would do over again, if you had the opportunity from your time with them. Uh, from my four years in Minnesota. Yeah. Where to begin? I mean, I, I wish that we had, we had, uh, you know, in 2018, you know, we were one win away from the playoffs, 2020, we were one win away from the playoffs, 2021, we were one win away from the playoffs. So three of the four years, um, you know, you can point to one play in one game in any number of games that would have taken you from not in the playoffs to being in the playoffs all four years uh, so far in Minnesota. So, you know, you can always point to, man, if we had made that play, if I had made that, if I had made that decision. And that's that razor thin edge, that margin that, um, you know, you're kind of always working through. And we lived it yesterday. I mean, we were on the, the winning end, but you can point to so many plays where, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, if this doesn't happen, we're not talking today about a win. We're talking about a loss. And, um, and so you learn to live with that. You guys have won seven of your eight games by one score. Um, and I was looking at Derek Carr last night, and I believe that they have lost six of their seven games uh, by one score. And just kind of the emotions of everything he's going through and, and the narrative attaching to that and how things can just change off, you know, one flick of the ball here, or one thing there. Is there anything that would come to your mind that you would say to Derek Carr as a fellow quarterback with what they're going through right now? Yeah, I think as quarterbacks in this league, just about all of us have lived that or are living that in some uh, shape or form. I know last year we lost a whole bunch of games, you know, with a very, very close margin and just couldn't find those inches. And you come away from the season with a 500 record and feel like, um, you know, hey, we're a much better football team than that. We just didn't find those inches. And for whatever reason, this year we found them, which is tremendous. Um, but you also understand there are teams out there sitting right now and going into week 11 that that haven't been finding them. And so it does beat you up. It does challenge you. And I've lived that and, and probably will live it again many times with the way this league goes. So um, but what I've I've learned is you have to take the approach that tough times don't last and tough people do. And um, just choose to be a tough person and keep persevering, keep going, and um, and it'll turn eventually. And that's kind of the, the approach I think all of us take it in the league, not just at the quarterback position, but players and coaches alike. You just have to keep pushing. And last two questions here. And just looking back to with everything that, and I know we talked about them, that the commanders are going through now, obviously, you know, um, Daniel Snyder thinking about selling the team and all the other controversy that they're going through right now, including a, a, a lawsuit from the, the D.C. Attorney General. Um, what comes to your mind when you think of everything that they are just enduring right now? I, I really haven't been following uh, the news out there much. Um, you know, being here in Minnesota, I'm pretty insulated. But uh, I will say I have 
just tremendous memories from my six years in, in Washington. Um, it's where I first started dating my wife. Um, you know, we got married when I was playing for Washington, had our first son when I was playing for Washington. I went from a fourth round pick, you know, coming out of college with a lot to learn uh, to, you know, having started for several years when I left Washington. So the growth for me as a person and, and the impact that those six years had on my life, I will forever be grateful for and uh, just have the warmest memories looking back on those times. So, um, you know, I, I try to get back to D.C. in the off seasons just because of what that place means to me. And, uh, and so many people in that organization too, what they've meant to me. And uh, so that's kind of my, my two cents about Washington. And last question, obviously you guys got the Dallas Cowboys next. They're six and three, though they just had, you know, not a, a great experience uh, going up against the Packers coming into the game now that they have against you guys. So what comes to mind when you think about facing the six and three Cowboys next? As an eight and one Really good team. football team. Yeah, really good football team. We played them last year, lost them in a close game, played them in 20, them in a close game, played them in 19, beat them in a very close game. Um, very good football team. I've played them now for a long time, going back to the Washington days. We played them twice a year. Um, you know, I think they have speed. They play with great effort. And, um, you know, they've been a playoff team perennially for a reason. Uh, it's because they got great coaches and great players and and they execute well. So, um, you know, big, big challenge well, for us coming through Sunday. Well, listen, Kirk, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Obviously, kudos to you for everything that you have gone through, persevered, you know, showing the testimony of believing in yourself and having that come out and play out in your favor right now, I think is you know, good for everybody to see as far as just experiencing something like that. So congratulations and thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Justina. Always great to connect with you and uh, look forward to catching up up ahead.